0: All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM on a Friday with UW Lacrosse, political science professor, Anthony Cherosky, comma Ph period. P- Happy Friday, Rick. <laughs> PHD, I don't know. So comma I've had the I quoted you the other day because you ho- you moderated that debate. Yes. And I don't know if you've seen the stories of Wizard, but I've been doing Anthony Tchergosky, comma, capital P- Little H period, capital D period. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. And I do that because uh, UWL and Mayo, or Gunderson, Mayo? Mayo. Mayo and UWL uh, are teaming up to do some some healthcare.
1: Yeah, they're going to run our student health clinic.
0: And, and in the story, they refer to... Joe Gao as Joe Gao, comma PhD, and then doctor. The other doctors were actual doctors,
1: the real doctors. Which
0: is, I see, it's, I feel <laughs> weird saying the actual doctors, I, but it's the uh, is it the medical verb? medical it's doctor doctors the the noun as opposed. No, it's the same. Like right? MD instead of PhD. Yeah, sure. There. It is. <laughs> All right. So um, on the docket today, politically. So I was saying before the show, I was like kind of a boring time politically right now and it should be kind of like the most i don't know if exciting in terms of midterms this would be like the second most interesting part of the midterms because we're right before primary
1: we are a week and a half away from the primary election on august 9th and it's huge right this is huge we had a we had like 11 or 12
0: senators or senator candidates to go against ron johnson we're down to I don't know. Seven down six? to a
1: down a bunch this week after Tom Nelson and Alex Lassery dropped out of the race on the Democratic side.
0: And um we have three governor candidates for yep. the Republicans that yep. are that have had de- debated twice in the past week.
1: Yeah, there was a debate on television on Sunday, and then the candidates met in a debate that was held on talk radio in Milwaukee. Tim Ramthon as well as Rebecca Clayfish and Tim Michaels. At
0: this point, I mean, we don't have to deep dive into it because it's just it's the opening here, but wh- 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 where, who do you think you're leaning here? Rebecca Clayfish or I'm sorry, Tim Marantham, but is it Rebecca Clayfish or Tim Michael?
1: Well, the funny thing about Tim Marantham, he, at the end of the televised debate, said there was a conspiracy by the Marquette poll to reduce his support. He said that they kept him off the poll so that people would think he has hardly any support. In the last Marquette poll, Tim Rampton had only 3% of the Republican voters behind him. And he said, well, there was a plan to keep me off the questionnaire so that people would think I didn't have any support. Then he would have
0: 0% then. You're you're on the poll, dude.
1: Yeah, and the guy who runs the Marquette poll, Charles Franklin, was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. We put his name on the questionnaire, and he got 3% fair and square. I would
0: say, I just did it here, right? Like, I would say maybe in the media, we kind of already assume that Tim Rantham's not going to win the primary. So I go, who do you think, Trigosky, Clayfish, or Michaels? I'm sorry, Tim Rantham, you're not part of my poll.
1: Well, he— At the end of the debate in his closing statement – by the way, his whole closing statement was devoted to complaining about the Marquette poll. Oh, good. Um, He claimed that every undecided voter on the Republican side was a rampant voter, and it was just a conspiracy to keep him off the questionnaire, and that the undecided voters would have said him had he been actually mentioned By the way, he was mentioned, so uh, we have no idea what the heck he was talking about. Maybe
0: he was mad because they went in alphabetical order and he was the last one. That could be. But also, you're the last one, so you're the last person I hear. And if I don't know who any of you are, then maybe I'll just pick the last person I hear because you're the last person I remember it's I mean, a phone it, pole right like i it I'm, is a phone pole who poll. is the other guy mike mike tim mike. mike he has two first
1: names or is that we two people we got different two tims people? in the name that's confusing enough two tims in the race
0: yeah two tims and then the other tim has got two first names and then the other <laughs> guy has a ram it's a ramthon it's a very awkward name to say it and is. then and then we have a clayfish with a, a c and fish
1: yeah clayfish i've had to get some practice spelling her name correctly and it's clee it's clee fish -fish.
0: it's k-l-e-e-f-i-s-c-h so the name is all just you know funky to spell it's right i've had to i've had to i i never write clayfish in a story and not go and like google it and make sure that i spelled it right like thank you spell check which is also now google
1: yeah well it's gonna be a pretty close finish i think rick because tim michaels continues to pour millions of dollars of his own money into campaign ads, which are just inescapable if you turn on the television. Meanwhile, Rebecca Clayfish and Scott Walker are going after Tim Michaels. For things like saying he was part of a group that supported the gas tax, he's been in favor of right to work, at least that's what they're accusing him of. They're talking about how he was part of a group that was in favor of immigration reform. They're talking about how Tim Michaels falsely claimed to have the endorsement of the NRA. So... The tag team of Rebecca Clayfish and Scott Walker really going after Tim Michaels, I think that could have the effect of tightening the polls as we go through these final 10 days or so. How is Scott Walker's megaphone
0: in terms of, you know, do people care about him anymore? You lost to Tony Evers, dude.
1: Yeah, Scott Walker, you got to think he's still very well liked among Republicans here in Wisconsin. Who has a
0: bigger megaphone, Scott Walker or Mike Pence?
1: Well, that's an interesting question because Mike Pence just endorsed Rebecca Clayfish. Donald Trump, of course, endorsed Tim Michaels. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be back.
0: All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. karaoke edition. (laughs) karaoke edition of Semi-Charmed Life. UW lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski in here heckling. (laughs) <laughs> my my in, inability to do do do.
1: You got to do the do do do's. With yeah, I one. mean
0: it's it's contagious. Yeah. too. and then everyone at home, you're all doing it, right? Yeah. All right. So we 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 are we were talking about we were deep diving a little bit too soon into politics, and I want to reel it back a little bit because a lot of things have happened, either locally or it's going to affect us locally. Now you want to do like the huge things really going to affect us lo- locally? The Chaco Taco. The, the Chaco Taco. The Klondike. What would you do for a Klondike bar? My dad likes, we got Klondikes. The black, the square things, we have those in the freezer. We have those in the freezer. Choco Tacos, discontinued. Saw the report a couple of days ago. I was talking to, uh, it was kind of in a, a group chat with people. And I just mentioned it because I was scrolling during this chat. And uh, I said, oh, Chaco Taco. And this other person in the chat was like, are you kidding me? And then she immediately started calling people like on her phone, like texting and call. You could hear talk to texting and stuff and was having a whole conversation with her group of people, whoever they were, friends or brother, whatever, couldn't believe it. And they're apparently obsessed with Choco Tacos. They're like, go to the store, buy all the Choco Tacos you can. And then we were trying to devise ways because Klondike is discontinuing the Choco Tacos, something I've never before. Have you ever had one? Yes.
1: And the reason is there was a vending machine at my middle school, just making all of us super unhealthy. Uh, there was a vending machine at my middle school that sold Choco Tacos. Did it sell anything else? Yeah. It was like one of those frozen food vending machines. Yeah. And everyone just went way overboard on the Choco Taco consumption because it was by far the best thing that the vending machine had and so Choco Tacos were a major part of my middle school experience. I probably haven't had one since then though. Since you'd be burned out on Choco yeah, Tacos. Yeah, I just went way overboard and never wanted to have one it's again. It's kinda
0: like all these nineties songs you hear, you never listen to them really. <laughs> You know, like you'll hear, like I heard Hootie and the Blowfish the other day. I was like, oh, Hootie. And then it just to harken back to all the memories I had of when oh, I'd be cruising in my car outside the high school window down, blasting Hootie and the Blowfish. But I haven't listened to Hootie in a while. I don't come on once in a while, but you just go. And then if you, uh, oh, Chaco Taco, and you immediately, it, it sends you back to what? Like maybe like uh, you're in the commons for study hall. That's what we did. We did sure. study hall in the commons, and the, that's where the vending machines were for me. And that's where I would you you maybe would have purchased the Choco Taco.
1: Yeah. Talk about things that would not exist anymore. Just selling ice cream to 13 and 14 year olds.
0: Oh, I blame I blame my my uh, school JV basketball (laughs) coach, Mark Reinemann for selling candy out of his office this was his side scheme like because because teachers don't make enough money so he had a side hustle he'd buy candy in bulk from probably like <laughs> sam's club <laughs>
1: that's brilliant
0: and he'd sell it to us for you know i don't even remember what it was just but a i was market. buying like three or four candy bars a day and and probably eating them all because i couldn't for for whatever reason i guess i didn't think like i could Go, I couldn't, I couldn't travel, so I couldn't go to the gas. I mean, the gas station was across the road, but we didn't leave the high school grounds or the school grounds, not high school. Um, so yeah, I probably I should talk to him about this because he's on. We, we we chat once in a while. I should talk to him about this. My you know my ability to have to play guard in basketball instead of center was probably devoted right to him selling me. And then I went from tight end in football to offensive tackle, so offensive lineman because I got a little slower, and it might be my uh, his, his giving me candy bars, not selling me candy bars. I'm stealing dollars out of my mom's purse, I'm sure. I can't remember where I got this money, but I'm sure I grabbed a dollar out of mom's purse so I could go buy some candy bars from Mr. Reinemann. Hey, with the way some teachers are
1: paid, he might have made more money selling those candy I'm bars. I'm going to bring
0: it up. You know what? We should. I should get his number. We should bring him on someday, maybe next week. We'll have him on. We'll just talk about it. We'll talk it out a little bit. Um, so Choco Taco's gone. There was an incident in, okay. So Chick-fil-A, I always go Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A because I'm reading it and I'm yeah. like Chick-fil-A. And then the girlfriend would be like, it's Flay, you idiot. I did it on air the other day. I went Chick-fil-A. And uh, so Chick-fil-A, the, the building on, in Alaska. it looks complete. I, I keep yeah. forgetting to, th- so you have to send uh, to the media people and then they just don't give it any information. You're like, you give you a very bland and boring you know, like Chick-fil-A
1: looks forward to serving the yeah, cross region. We'll
0: be opening sometime by the end of summer. It'll be something like I'm not breaking news here. I'm just I'm guessing. I have no idea, you but the building have looks to pretty look close. at
1: the like government documents to tease out when these things are going to open, like yeah. with Hive. looking at the documents they had filed with the city of lacrosse revealed that they're going to open in October, but for whatever reason you wouldn't get that from the company itself.
0: Yeah. Okay. You're breaking news there too. Um, October Hive chick Chick-fil-A coming when Chipotle was opening. I, I was trying to ask, I was trying to get somebody to talk to me, literally talk to me about Chipotle Because they were going through uh, increasing the price of burritos right there. And they were definitely like, "Mm, we're not talking to you about that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, whenever these large corporation type, you know, what do you call these? These these restaurant chains, Yeah, Yeah, national chains uh, come come to town. We all love them, but also like we all should kind of hate them a little bit, just a little bit, although you like the Chipotle burritos that never have onions and peppers and <laughs> never have it. I'm so mad all the time. Um, but anyway, so it, downtown, there's not Chipotle, but Qdoba. Right. Brad Williams had a story the other day. Um it, I don't know if this is funny. It is funny, but it's I'm sorry for the people it, that no are working. Hurt. This is where the Qdoba think. workers just deserve more pay because. Absolutely. Because somebody somebody downtown gets mad because they
1: burnt their chips is that even a thing that happens I know they warm, Cadoba, know like they warm up chips. the chips,
0: but how do you burn them?
1: I, I've I've never experienced that in my career I mean, of eating Kodoba.
0: OK, at home, though, like you're you're you eat chips and cheese, right? Oh, like sure. you buy the cheese or whatever and just yeah. do it manually at home. Oh, yeah. Do you ever warm up the chips in the oven? Ooh, I do. Do you do that I now? Because I never used to. And then my parents go to Fridays all the time and then they Friday's. We don't have one here anymore because it closed, and we wouldn't have one at Appleton anymore. But they renewed the lease right before the pandemic, and then they were like forced to stay open. <laughs> uh, that was the story because my parents are like regulars at Fridays. They warm their chips, and their chips are really thin. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, like put the chips in the oven. Do You broil, or do you just turn the oven on?
1: Oh, just turn the oven on a little bit. Let them warm up. Oh, I hit broil. Just to oh, do it faster. Okay. And then if okay. you forget
0: for ten seconds, it's over. You ruined all the chips.
1: <laughs> See, so a, there. So there's a
0: there's a risk there to the speed, but um. I don't know. Qdoba, I don't think they're broiling the chips.
1: I, don't. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this person is a bit of an unreliable narrator. The person India James of Onalaska charged with uh, accused of disorderly conduct and bail jumping was last week arguing with an employee at Cadoba in downtown La Crosse, according to Brad Williams, demanding a refund for burnt chips, reportedly becoming more and more upset as the employees helped other customers. She was given a refund and then reportedly threw a cup of queso at the reporter's face and shirt, drove away, Police came. At the workers.
0: You said (laughs) reporter. So I'm imagining Brad Brad covering
1: this. (laughs) Like,
0: what are you, taking pictures? Throws a (laughs) cup of queso at Brad. Hits him right in the face.
1: Reportedly threw a cup of queso at the workers' face and shirt. Returned downtown Sunday morning. Questioned. Remembered being at the restaurant, but claimed she didn't know why she was being charged.
0: Yeah, weird that she's downtown the next morning. Maybe to, get to her the scene of the crime is the maybe classic to get, thing you do. Maybe to get your car, yeah, if you know true, what I mean. <laughs> like you're downtown Saturday night and then you're home from Alaska, and then you're back Sunday morning for some reason.
1: Yeah. Church or
0: car, church or car. I
1: don't well, know. we were having this discussion before the show. How many people who go to Cadoba remember? Well, that was the Cordoba. thing, right? That when
0: the right. police questioned her, right. she yeah. did not remember doing the queso throw The day before, which maybe the thing is,
1: it's completely plausible that she didn't.
0: Yes, that's what Yes. And that's what we're insinuating here is when she comes back Sunday morning to get her car, she probably doesn't remember where, hey, where, dude, where's my car? Remember that movie? Yeah. And also, like, dude, did I throw queso at you? I'm sorry.
1: Oh, how many places were there around college that people would go to and just never remember going there? Like a pizza joint, a greasy pizza joint, or a Taco Bell. That you just go to when you're in need of some something greasy or something quick. Lacrosse
0: lacrosse students might be spoiled. I don't know. You'll have to tell me your college experience at, at NC, the Tar Heels, right? Yep. Uh Stevens Point, not great for the like two thirty AM food. There's Topper's Pizza and there was Taco Pizza. Bell. And we actually knew the guy at Taco Bell in the drive-thru. Like we knew that guy. He was very weird though. That's why I remember him. He was very weird. He would give us, not me, but my friends, free tacos. This is all coming back. I'm, I'm remembering other stuff. Uh, free tacos for the uh, my friends showing him certain parts of their body, and that's how we got free tacos.
1: <laughs> oh not, my! Not the taco. Wow. Well, here's the thing, Rick. In North Carolina, when I was a Tar Heel, yes, there was a couple pizza pizza joints. I, I would. Look, I would observe them during the day as I was going about my business, and they would be empty, and I would have no idea how they stayed in business. Turns out, the being open at 2 or 3 a.m. on a Friday or Saturday is how they stayed That's in business. a brilliant
0: scheme. It is. We have two of those, like, by the slice things, or at least last time I was downtown, we had two of those given yeah. by the slices. And Qdoba's open pretty late now, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not the uh, dumbest plan to stay open after bar time for, you know, an hour and a half. But
1: Rick, would you would you volunteer to be a Chipotle drive through worker? Oh, a Chipotle drive through worker, like I'm saying. And now note, I'm not saying how much more should the Qdoba worker after midnight get paid than the Qdoba worker at noon. Note, though, I'm not saying get paid. I'm saying volunteer. Oh, volunteer! Because
0: would I volunteer? my time to work at the drive-thru at Chipotle. Uh,
1: or, or just in, or, at a drive-thru. Yeah. yeah. Now, the reason I asked this question is because there was a Chipotle, uh, sorry, it was at Chick-fil-A in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Back to Nancy. That wrote in a Facebook post on Tuesday this week that you can earn five free entrees per shift, so every one hour, you can earn five free entrees per shift if you work the drive-thru. What's an entree,
0: like the meal or just like a sandwich? The meal. Okay.
1: Now, they're not paying you money. They're paying you in food. Five per hour is like
0: eight bucks a meal, you think? Yeah. Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Now Is it a coupon or do uh, I have to eat it? (laughs) (laughs) The store has been met with backlash, according to the Washington Post, for appearing to ignore the Fair Labor Standards Act, the longstanding federal law that states how employees must how employers must pay their employees for all the hours they work.
0: Yeah, we have a minimum wage for a reason. This would be about minimum. This would be more than minimum wage based on (laughs) Chick-fil-A menu prices, though.
1: So if you're Chick-fil-A, if you're a Chick-fil-A franchisee, just pay your workers.
0: This is why a lot of these franchises don't get the ability to have their own social media accounts. Like I know a couple of people that work in like retail corporate and they I'm like, hey, you want to. We have volleyball leagues, right? So I'm like, hey, do you want to sponsor our volleyball league, you know, through your store or whatever? And they're like, yeah, we don't do that. I I don't have the ability. I'd love to, but I don't have the ability because we're a giant multi-billion dollar corporation through the world. And no, we can't. We don't. We Us peons don't get the ability to do stuff locally like that.
1: Exactly. And this had to. This was shut down by the Chick-fil-A Incorporated, this was a franchisee that was going rogue. The director of communications for the North Carolina Department of Labor says that the law states you have to pay people if you are a for profit employer. You can't just have employees provide volunteer work for a for profit employer. Five meals an hour. All right, it's not bad.
0: You just want to sing it before How it bizarre. How bizarre. How
1: bizarre. the
0: There was a New York Met relief pitcher The closer, I believe, for the Mets And it was just on, like, SportsCenter in- Instagram or something like that. I don't know if the song is good or not. <laughs>
1: yeah. How bizarre.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure it was very popular when when i was, was in high school it
1: was super popular but this
0: this met and i can't remember his name like diaz or something like spanish you know sure. something mexican and he comes out to the trumpets like oh kind yeah of like that yeah. but like really like very and it was the whole crowd was going crazy i was like man how cool must it be to be to be able to because because when you're a relief pitcher baseball you walk out from way out in right or left field right and the Brewers used to have a pitcher. I can't remember who it was. He would sprint in as fast as he could. And okay. That was always kind of funny because he was a big guy. Yeah. Uh, this dude's just walking in. And then, <laughs> so the song plays for a good two minutes because it's a long walk. But the song is awesome. It's all trumpets and just, you know, like whatever. Uh, I should find the song. It's getting me pumped just thinking about so it. So
1: I, I don't follow baseball. But what, what I'm getting is that as a closer, you need the most intimidating song possible. This wasn't intimidating. This
0: was like having I mean, a party. just getting the it crowd was, fired It was like up. semi, like it was just getting you. Yeah, and also getting you jazzed up. But okay. imagine like you're you're walking for hundreds of yards, hundred yards, maybe a hundred yards out from from the outfield with your song that you sure. you know pick your your third eye might maybe that's the song <laughs> that you would. What song would you come out to semi charm life? I mean, think about it. You got to close the game. The game is on the line. Three to two, your team is up. You have to get three outs. They call you, you have to walk 100 yards to the mound in the middle of New York Mets Stadium or New York, you know, whatever. It's full. The crowd is going crazy. What song you play?
1: Boy, maybe you need some Metallica or something. Yeah, I you're mean, really fired well, up. I mean, you're
0: doing the Yankees closer, uh, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, did enter the sand. Oh, game. that's a good so one. So just think about yeah. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, because he was, you know, we're going to put you to bed. Sure. You know, go to sleep. Yeah. That, Anyway, so I'm getting I'm all jazzed up now, just thinking about it. But yeah, it was very fun. Like I'm like maybe I should change my theme song music. There's like <laughs> like whatever these trumpets are. Like wow, Rick got really. I mean, I have I have uh, John Havlicek, the old teachers union president, central Spanish teacher for twenty some years. Uh, you know, and then the new uh, teachers union president Jesse Martinez. So I have all these guys that are immersed in Spain and Spanish anyway. And I'm like, yeah, they probably appreciate it. Maybe I'll do theme music for when those guys come out. Um, All right. UW lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagosky in here. If you haven't figured that out, if you don't listen, particularly on a Friday, he's always in here. Um, Do you want to do you want to hit on some politics here? Because we we spent the whole it was great because we were going to we were going to open with food real quick (laughs) and then go into politics. And what we did was open with politics. And then we spent a majority of the time talking about food, which I completely love because we bring the political science professor on here to talk Chaco Taco.
1: We talked Chaco Taco, we talked Cadoba, we talked Chick-fil-A. So we were covering all our bases there. Yeah, volunteer
0: drive-through experience. Um yeah. yeah, we determined over the break it would take 3 Chipotle burritos for you to volunteer. For yeah, hour. yeah,
1: you know in the in the last segment we were talking about this Chick-fil-A in North Carolina that wasn't paying its drive through workers, but would compensate you in vouchers. Have you for... at a
0: Chick-fil-A now? I'm thinking oh, about this. Oh, yeah. Like, li- workers. living
1: in North Carolina, I ate oh. there all the
0: time. drive through workers a little bit tougher at a Chick-fil-A because a lot of them are outside walking around with the little menu thing. I don't know if that was always the case or if that was a pandemic thing, but they are they get your
1: order because there's like 10 people in line, two rows of lines. You, and- you, you know, Chick-fil-A and Culver's best run drive throughs I've ever seen Culver's
0: oh yeah they you know they put the little kid out in the hut now
1: yeah they have the little hut
0: yeah I, I was like do you get paid more sitting in this hut and um whoever <laughs> I was with you know we we're kind of discussing it and I was like I would rather be in the hut nobody's around I'm in my own little like I don't have to be in the building with all the other workers and customers I'm just in this hut as long as it's not 100 degrees out and the hut isn't not air conditioned I don't know if the hut is air conditioned I would imagine if it isn't then they don't put them in the hut when it's too hot but um, I
1: did see the sign at the Culver's by the Target in Alaska where they're hiring and they're starting at like 17 25 an hour, which is a heck of a lot more than the going rate for fast food when I was uh, uh, growing up.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's almost as much as four Chick-fil-A meals an hour. <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Five Chick-fil-A meals an hour is like 40 bucks an hour. I don't know. It'd be hard to pass that one up. W- would you go for the 17 25 an hour or the five free meals? If it was... If it was Chipotle, I don't know, because yeah, six, three point. burritos, about 18 bucks, I think. Or is it more? I guess they're, I feel like burritos aren't $6 anymore. They're like eight, aren't they? are like 8 they they have they? got up. That's they're like 24 price. bucks an yeah. hour. I'm doing just burritos. Yeah. Like at the end of the week, I have 900 burritos accumulated because I work some <laughs> overtime. All right, let's get into politics. We're just, we're just, uh, I mean, we all relate to food. So I sure. think that's what happens here. Um. Okay. Debate. Do we want to do debate from the yeah? The, no, what like let's go third congressional here? You moderated that I did, and the the, I, the clip I pulled out from you talking on on our airwaves or the the day after we aired it was just that the third congressional district uh, the U.S. House district, I like to say that here in Lacrosse County, retiring Ron Kynes' district is going to be one of the most watched in all of. America. So when you say America, do you mean like North America, like Canada's watching it and Mexico, South America, all those people? Maybe
1: I'm definitely (laughs) talking about the broader race for majority control of the House of Representatives, Rick. This is a seat that the Republicans have to win if they are going to obtain the majority control of the House of Representatives. It's a very narrow majority that the Democrats have right now. One of the interesting things about the last 30 years or so in Congress is just how narrow the majorities have been. Neither party has been able to get an overwhelming majority for any extended period of time. So the Republicans want to get the majority control back. Most estimates have the Republicans gaining 20 to 30 seats or so in the upcoming midterm elections, that would be enough for them to get the majority of the House of Representatives, but not an overwhelming one.
0: They'd only... How many do they need? Oh, they only need a couple. I thought it was like five or six. Yeah, they only
1: need a couple. 20 20 would get them the majority, but it would not be a secure majority by any means. It would not be a large majority. I think that's the most likely outcome, honestly, that the Republicans do win the majority, but they don't win a huge majority. Is it weird that this is the most watched or one of the most watched uh, U.S. House
0: districts in America and the one across the river isn't?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's open too. it it is. It is. And, you know, Rick, it's because that district in southern Minnesota has the conventional wisdom about that district is that the Republicans pretty much have it for now.
0: Well, yeah, because we put a Republican and Democratic on the Democratic side to run against the Republican. We put a CEO of former CEO of Hormel. Is going as a Democrat, so either way, it's a Republican. But no, um, I just I feel like there's a better chance of Democrats retaining or getting that seat back from uh, you know deceased Jim Hagedorn because uh, a they they put a kind of a down the middle CEO type where if do Republicans like CEOs, I feel like that's where I don't know. I just and then um, that district's got a giant city in it. Lacrosse is the giant city here, right? Lacrosse, Eau Claire, sure. Uh, Stevens Point? Yeah. Um, Rochester's way bigger than, than those cities, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, the reason that this district here in Wisconsin Tim is Walls interesting, this district in Wisconsin, the third district, is massive geographically. It goes from Platteville in the south all the way up to Eau Claire. But it you're curves up me towards Stevens Point. If
0: we're trying to compare Minnesota's thir- first district in I feel like Minnesota's first district is way bigger than it is. It, it's it's a large it's district. The whole right? bottom half of, of Minnesota, Including right? Including like all- Winona. Yeah, like from Winona all the way to the other side of the
1: state. It's a really large district because it's like Rochester, Winona and rural everywhere else.
0: Do we just not care about that one right now because we don't even know who's in the race because we're doing two
1: elections for that district? I I think so. It's so confusing to have a special election and then the normal election. And is the optics of it different? Because
0: uh, uh, Ron Kind is a 26 year vet. Wisconsin's very gerrymandered. This was the district handed to Democrats. I mean, there's all these things making the third congressional more interesting. Oh, Republicans handed this district to Democrats, and now they're trying. They they actually might be able to snag it back without even trying, even though they did try.
1: That's the irony of this, because in the redistricting that occurred following the 2010 census, this. District was actually drawn to help Ron Kind become more secure in his ability to win elections.
0: Yeah, we're going to throw Stevens Point. We're going to throw UW Stevens Point. We're going to throw UW Eau Claire. We're going to throw UW La Crosse. We're going to throw all those young kids at you and put them all in one district, and therefore those young kids won't be able to vote for Republicans. Yeah, you, you,
1: you put a bunch of UW campuses in this district. They people who drew the maps figured, well, Ron Kind is going to be safe, and he was. I yeah. mean, to a certain extent, but what happened that was not expected was how much the rural parts of this district moved heavily in the Republican direction. And, and people are more
0: involved, right? I think the, the voter turnout too. has become a larger thing. I think a- absolutely.
1: Rick. And, and, one of the interesting things about the 2020 election is that voter turnout increased on both sides. So there were Republicans who were largely disengaged, but they showed up. There were Democrats who were largely disengaged, but they showed up. And there had been this really long-standing debate about, well, you know, if voter turnout really goes up, which side would that benefit? Turns out that it benefited both sides in the 2020 election. Voter turnout increased dramatically. We had the highest voter turnout in the 2020 presidential election in decades, and it helped both sides.
0: Before 2020, was 2016 the highest voter turnout? In 2016, voter turnout was actually down quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. A- and voters. Is turnout- that because we didn't want to go vote for Hillary, so to speak, and we— didn't want to go vote for Trump. Or yeah, did? people
1: depressed on both sides, yeah. and then in 2020, people motivated on both sides.
0: Because my next question was like, do how much does social media play a factor in my ability to see what's going on? And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I need to go vote because this is like, uh, for example, I was I was trying to get you to explain to me how uh, the other day the Senate filibustered a deal to help veterans uh, get better access to healthcare. And Republicans block this to going for, to vote because they filibustered it even though I think what uh, how many how many Republicans five Republicans voted for it Yeah we're gonna help veterans get better access to health care five Republicans voted for it and but when I say voted I mean they uh, they agreed to it they didn't vote for it because the the Ron Johnson and company blocked this so all you veterans out there who wanted better access to health care your senator, Ron Johnson voted against this.
1: That's what's different about the Senate today versus in years past. You have to have 60 votes to even consider something. In the past, that wasn't the case. You would be able to go ahead and vote on something even if it didn't have 60 votes. But I call it the 60 vote Senate today because to do anything basically related to changing the law or making a new law, you have to have 60 votes. Of course, this newly announced reconciliation bill with Joe Manchin. Has all kinds of you know that doesn't even take uh, it's, sixty votes. It, it's it's so, funny though. We, I, I don't even want to go down to explaining we, Senate rules, Rick. But I, we need gonna...
0: we need sixty votes to change the law. But we're going to change the rules to fifty votes to to elect or uh, nominate to uh, Supreme Court judges to. Uh, if if, for those who are going to
1: trying to figure out trying to explain Senate rules, for those who are going to enough time doing it in class,
0: for those who are going to rule on the laws, we're going to change the Senate rules so we only need 50 senators to vote for those. Uh, otherwise, to change the laws, we need 60. So, anyway, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. UW Lacrosse political science professor Anthony Trugoski, PhD, in here with me. <laughs> We're just wrapping up. We got two stories I wanted to get to. Very important, very important stories. Uh, let me find them here. One is one is. Oh, uh, well, we
1: have a local angle.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. There. Uh, let me get rid of Buster Rhymes. Get out of your Buster Rhymes. Oh, I just had to do that. Um, so one, they're, they both deal with felines, cats. One, one kind of plays into what the city council of lacrosse did with feral cats, and then the other one is just a Wisconsin couple is opening a museum. Mew, Mew. museum.
1: M e w museum. Yes, because they have thirteen thousand cat figurines and feline sh- feline themed pieces of art. So. Next time you're in Menominee Falls, if you want to see thousands of cat-related figurines and pieces of art, okay, do I have the place for you? Think about this, though. They have all these things. <laughs> yeah. Dedicated to
0: cats. First yes. of all, they, they got the name wrong. It's M-E-W-Z-U-M. Yeah. They're trying to do meow they didn't do meowzium, they did museum. Maybe there was a copyright thing there. You think somebody in the world has a meowseum, right? Yeah, you would you would think so. Because they screwed it up. You gotta go meow. It's mu museum. It's already museum. You put M E W doesn't change Mew to Meow. Mew is what? What is a Mew? Who who what animal Mews? Meow. Yeah. Meow.
1: <laughs> Here kitty, kitty kitty.
0: Meow. <laughs> no, you guys. Okay, second of all, okay figurines right these are these are you they're glass right they're probably fragile you got them stacked all over this museum yes what can't you have in there (laughs) what cannot be in there a little kids right you're thinking little kids i can't bring my kid to the museum because it's gonna knock no you can't have cats (laughs) you can't have cats in this thing well imagine a a cat in here just wreaking havoc also a dog with the zoomies would terrorize everything this is a
1: major flaw then because according to upi The couple that runs the museum says their ultimate goal is to build a cat cafe and museum to house their collection. They also have 5,000 more pieces in storage, by the way. God, I
0: thought you were going to say 5,000 cats. (laughs) Yeah.
1: One of the owners of the museum says, "My goal is to hopefully move all this into a coffee shop where we can have adoptable cats, so visitors can have a cup of coffee. Hopefully, bring home a cat, and the museum will be a separate entity." Oh, yeah. there, there is the plan. Yeah, I knew it was, yeah. I, it
0: was getting there because you can't have cats no. in a in a place where you have seven thousand. Now, have you figurines. ever been to a cat cafe? A cat cafe? i I'm just not. I mean, I know. Because I, just, I have. There okay. was
1: one in Chapel Hill when I was at the University of North Carolina. And essentially. That's
0: where I met Brianna. We, no,
1: just, well, <laughs> we, you know, Brianna is a huge cat person, my wife. And so we went to the cat cafe and she loved it. It is basically. Do you think that's
0: what solidified the relationship? <laughs> Probably. Like, of all the things that Anthony Good has done, dates. he took me to the cat
1: cafe <laughs> and I loved him ever since. Well, it's just like a coffee shop, but. You go and sit with cats.
0: Yeah. If I took my girlfriend to a dog cafe when we were like in this, like, do I like him? Do I not like him? That would have solidified it. She'd have been like, wow, I really like this guy. (laughs) Dog cafe. Also, if you really want to solidify it, Anthony, you just open your own cat cafe.
1: You know, my wife, honest to God, my wife has actually talked about that. So if there are any investors in the Lacrosse area that want to open a cat cafe, I get in touch with my wife. What about a cat dog cafe? Ooh, there you go.
0: Remember that show on Nickelodeon I, I do. cat dog? The I other do. story here, I don't know. We don't have a ton of time to get to it. But a Polish institute classifies cats as an alien invasive species. I think they just threw alien for the headline. But a respectable Polish scientific institute has classified domestic cats. As an invasive alien species, citing the damage they cause in birds and other wildlife. Now, this the is...
1: Georgetown guy you interviewed about the crop policy—I did a policy whole week on this. Would stuff. agree with this?
0: Yes. The this Polish Institute, a respected Polish scientific institute. Is there such a thing? A Polish? Remember when when I was a kid, you were a Polak, you were an idiot. That's a thing. Is that insen—is that culturally insensitive nowadays? Uh, we're
1: gonna have to cancel you.
0: Anybody with a ski at the end of their name? Ah, yeah, yeah.
1: How did I get the PhD with? Well, you got a Y instead of an I. With that in my last name, it was was (laughs) SKI, though.
0: You're lucky you got a Y. All right, have a good weekend, everybody.